Uh, folks, a classic candy is making a comeback. Mm. This is exciting. I like classic candies. Uh, Neko Wafers is one of the oldest candy brands in existence. Yesterday, the Spangler Candy Company announced the flavored discs were heading back to store shelves. Uh, wafers were created back in 1847. Wow. Spangler says it purchased the brand two years ago and I've been working on its return ever since. The sweet treats should be available at major drugstores across the nation in June. Okay, people who like this candy are going to hate what I'm about to say. Oh, they look just here like, it goes. They look like Smarties. So, like, what exactly? Well, I guess they're the original because the original I mean, Smarties. How old they are? What was it, 1887? Yeah, I was asking. Oh, 1847. 47. I was asking you, had you ever tried one? Yes, I think I have, but I've always kind of avoided them because the the packaging kind of makes it look like they're like medicine. They kind of look like Tums. <laughs> You're a young whippersnapper. I'm a young whippersnapper. I eat Tums every day. <laughs> Tums is my candy. <laughs> Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Yes, your ears did not deceive you. What you just heard in our opener was an actual newscast featuring everyone's least favorite Halloween candy, the Necco Wafer. Since the topic of the Necco Wafer is deemed an okay subject for the American TV viewing audience, we figured it's good enough for the podcast universe as well. So get ready, because today's episode, the brothers will talk about all things Neko wafers with a few derivés about Steinbeck and Pirates and the fresh maker itself, Mentos. This is Against All Oddities. Mentos, Mentos and freshness, fresh goes better. Mentos yeah. freshness, freshness is full of life, or something like that, right? Cha, cha, cha. I, the fresh maker. I remember the guy I like I, had, I looked him up. He was like on the back of a moped or something, and he like almost embarrassed himself, but somehow like pulled it off to look cool in front of a woman, and then he pulled out his mint Mentos, the fresh maker, before he looked cool, and it was like. All right, I got an idea, and he like cut through a mall or something. I'm having flashback. I haven't thought about yeah, that in a while. There's I just remember the of a press yeah, remember recording. Yeah, they record. Just I'm cause. recording. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was the there's the lady, and she couldn't park. Like a she got blocked in, and so the big muscly guys like moved the car that did the asshole thing and then that guy got mad and then she like flashed her mentos the fresh maker and then he was like oh yeah you're good i meant wrong i was trying to think of a good like commercial or something right from uh for paranormal insurance because i didn't have any mm -hmm. insurance ideas for right now mm -hmm. so i was like mm -hmm. mentos the fresh maker they had the worst commercials and i just got hooked and there's like so many Mentos. The Fresh Maker. Commercials, right? Like, I just started watching them over and over again and looked up looked up the advertising campaign. It was hailed as 
especially when it came out, there is it says a visceral reaction to the ad campaign. <laughs> but it was it was able to see the worst possible one, and it, it's at best an approximation of what American culture is. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing is, it was really successful by making the worst commercials, because the candy company, which is uh, Netherland based, right? But uh, they, oh, uh, I didn't know that. yeah. So, and I look, I noticed some of the cars had the European license plate tag, mm -hmm. right? The long rectangle. But in 1991, they sold 20 million dollars worth of candy, right? In 91. By 1994, they had doubled it to 40 million. This is all during this ad campaign. By 1996, it was at 120 million dollars a year. That's so, so messed up because those they candies they, were 50 cents a roll, and they were terrible. They weren't terrible. The I like. Didn't they make fruity Mentos? I like the fruity Mentos. The yeah. fruity Mentos were a reboot when the when the ad stopped working. I guess around the end of it. I found a roll of just the strawberry Mentos. The Fresh Maker. The pink ones. <laughs> those were the ones that taste like men. medicine. Yeah, no, those were the like good ones because you'd get the fruity ones and then you'd suffer through yellow. You'd tolerate orange. You're like, hmm, pink. Oh, yellow. Oh, orange. Mm, another I, pink one. I feel like I just have the taste of those zinc lozenges whenever I think of like <laughs> strawberry mentos. The fresh maker. It's like at first you're like, this is pretty good, but like five seconds later you're like, it tastes like metal. Well, I think what mentos the fresh maker should have done is take uh, a cue from Starburst because after like however many decades of people just spitting or throwing the yellow ones away, they're like, Maybe we should just make them <laughs> yeah. taste better. So I don't know if you've had Starburst recently, but the yellow ones are good. They they finally they're like, all right, we'll take the ones out and make them I taste think good. Yellow was always good. It's lemon, right? No, it was uh, bad. They were the worst. Uh, so they're good now. I, I was mm. at a, a wedding, Big Mike's wedding, like a year or two ago, and outside of Boston, and I had gotten lost and. Uh, turning around trying to find the wedding hotel thing i passed the nabisco not nabisco what are they neko the neko neko yeah neko wafers and if you're talking about a candy that you skip some of them and some are good the neko's which i think were i don't know why they have a factory because they were all manufactured in like 1921 warehouse I'm going to argue that it's not not a candy at all, but like a vitamin that they just marketed as candy or something because no, those it's things an are unappetizing in all the, ways possible. The furnace that we're making tank treads for World War One needed something to do with the factory, and they're like, well, it makes this residue, like, this powdered residue. <laughs> Feed it to the no, kids. it's like I was I was expecting like it's more of like pellets that are left over from spent fuel or something. <laughs> you know what's bad when the only good flavor is your quote unquote root chocolate. bear flavor? <laughs> no, it was oh, chocolate. It was? No, it's yeah, chocolate. It it's chocolate. No, it's not chocolate. It's hint of chocolate by somebody else like breathing chocolate breath on you from the next room. The closest 
estimation of a flavor what i feel like would be chocolate i agree where chris got root beer from because it's kind <laughs> of a flavor it's it's a flavor known only to neko <laughs> they just made the chemical powders it's or cakes even like their <laughs> version of like grape wasn't really like purple flavor it was kind of chalky flavor <laughs> but by the by the time you get to the quote-unquote root beer chocolate flavor, <laughs> like you're really appreciating that because you just had two green ones in a row. <laughs> oh, or yeah. Like, there, it seemed like there wasn't any <laughs> rhyme or reason to their multicolored one because their flavors were like chalk, green, asphalt, and hint Damn. of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What flavor is uh, that? Uh, I don't and they know. all kind of Old. blend in together. Like they all kind of rub off on each other in that package, which is just slightly the too powder. loose. Yeah. Can we make the flavor dry a candy? <laughs> 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 Sir, there's no moisture in this. <laughs> what do we do with all these extra packets of silica we've been putting in the shoes? I don't know. Mash them into little No. Sandwiches. No, silica came after the Nekos. <laughs> They're not eating our cubes anymore. <laughs> Make them round. Uh, they're not eating the disc. Uh, I don't know. Put them in shoeboxes. <laughs> it's the runoff, but it's like the dry off. <laughs> like it gets extra dry. Like it's a pipe of extra dry oh, shit. No, I know what it bit. is. It's the um, the Vienna sausages of the candy factory. Take the dredge, cover it in some sort of flour-based powder, and then wrap it up in wax paper that we normally use to clean the shit off the floors. <laughs> That's all the scraps. It's the hot dog of the candy world. No one's ever bought a Necco wafer. Uh, no one. Yeah, I've received them yeah, as Halloween. The government keeps them away. Like I seeds buy, from China. <laughs> you can get a whole roll of chocolate, by the way. Only chocolate. But it's a rarity to find that. No, I found it. They're also not good. Like, that's not that's a whole roll. That's what I was going to say. For a, for a dollar, I just go buy a candy bar instead. Well, it's the, there's two parts to it. <laughs> One, it's kind of like absence makes the heart grow stronger, right? Or hunger makes the best uh, flavoring or seasoning, right? Same yeah. thing with you've been candyless say say like we're in the wasteland of the desert apocalypse at like mad max style we'd be all about that pack of neko wafers as Not we're, so like as we're the children water. in 1921 our grandfather was 10 years old and i bet he he enjoyed his one neko wafer he got for christmas or and my my argument is that granddad had a story from when he was a kid and uh, at, for whatever reason, they were living in a field because the I think it was was it World War One they were running yeah. from initially. World War and so, Yeah, they were wherever they were at in the middle of uh, Hungary or or Germany or whatever. Uh, but he remembers they set up tents, and they're staying in that tents. And the only way that they could keep some food was if it would last forever, like honey-based foods, like baklava. And so he remembered as a kid, his visceral memory was opening this giant wooden chest in one of the tents and just the the, the strong smell of honey because it was just a giant chest full of, was it baklava? baklava? It was baklava, yeah, I guess, because it kept forever and they needed to Is feed all these people. Is this a real story, Tim? Yeah, that's a, real, that's a granddad story. From when he was a kid, he was fleeing a war-torn town and they put all their resources together and they he remembered opening baklava. this... Yeah, giant chest full of baklava because it keeps yeah. forever. So baklava 
made from you know fresh squeezed bees in 1920 or whatever is way better than a Necco wafer. I th- I think the candy apocalypse that Nate's trying to like hash out, like the Thunderdome of candy, is somebody else's grandmother's house. It's not <laughs> like you spice know, drops. You spice yeah, drops. You, I you love spice drops. I like spice drops. I just don't like oh, buttermint. You, oh, buttermint. God. Butter oh, buttermints are pretty bad. I'd say I think the reason Necco wafers exist is because you cannot know what good is without comparing it to bad. And something has to set the bar for bad candy. Yeah. I'd say well, it's the communion yeah, wafer they... of the candy world. Yeah, but so, I mean, think yeah. about the 30s. I bet the height. I, I'll Wikipedia this in a second. Uh, but I bet the height of Necco wafers would be in the Great Depression. And then you had the candy jar that were like the like in Grapes of Wrath, the five cent candies or the one cent candies. Those weren't one cent. Those were five cent candies, <laughs> or whatever, right? But the Necco wafers were always like five for a penny. Man, you just classed up our podcast making a reference to Grapes of Wrath. Well done. I know. Yeah, you've read a you've read a book. <laughs> you've <laughs> read a classic literature book. I'm talking about the movie, but uh, Steinbeck. I was remembering the movie, but I have read a lot of Steinbeck. Half, uh-huh. most of which was forcibly. But yeah, I have two things to say about books real quick. Nate's Nate's pretty good at getting this conversation started i uh i i felt that i was missing out on a lot of high school literature that i should have read and this was in my mid-20s and so to make up for my lack of self-education and as a teenager i always carried what i called a pocketbook and it was a book that fit in my pocket that i could read while i was waiting for uh, uh classically slow i don't know what the, the just the elevators at work this is before uh, cell phones, which is the only reason why this story can exist. No, no, no. no. Uh, cell well, phones high school would exist at any time, at any time. It was before was... we could afford cell phones. <laughs> no, I had a cell phone. I had a cell phone. <laughs> but you couldn't read the cell phone, is what I'm <laughs> saying. Right. Your phone oh, yeah, did yeah, yeah, one yeah, phone. thing, just call something else. <laughs> no, I had a flip phone, but instead of staring at a flip phone, I was reading books while I was waiting for elevators at work, and a lot of it was Steinbeck, like Cannery Row. I remember it, it took like two seconds to read that one. Yeah, but, uh, they, they made those classics in the pocketbook size, like the little tiny. Yeah, they're only like 180, 200 pages or something, and they're, if they're like mass paperback produced, they're, and they've been around since like 1960, they're well like flimsy. Yeah. I feel like all those books were longer than 200 pages. Like East of Eden was easy, big one. Like that was thick. Like I don't uh, know. Well, I'm just thinking Cannery Row was maybe 200 pages. I bet uh, Frankenstein I carried around. I had a little trouble with that one, but I had scrub pants on, which would fit in my little cargo pocket. Uh, I had. Dick, I, uh, never finished. I couldn't finish Moby Dick, Tim. That's all I was gonna say. I had my bathroom book where I had a copy of Moby Dick and my thing was like, I'm going to finish Moby Dick on the toilet. I'm going to start to finish read Moby Dick. And it did not make it even. I had it for like two years in the bathroom. (laughs) It was your white whale. It is still like, it might still be on the white whale of a toilet. (laughs) 
I got it. Yeah. So uh, uh, I've I feel like the idea of only reading nautical books in the bathroom. <laughs> like, yeah, like you nautical the bedroom. Pretty good. You're right. Nautical bathroom books. Yeah. No, but have a theme like next to the toilet. There's like a porthole or something, and the only <laughs> books you don't have like a basket of magazines. It's like uh, uh, two thousand leagues under the sea, and <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. So good, oh, not because of you reading it, but for when someone comes over and uses your bathroom. <laughs> and there's like a model, like, there's like a like ship in a bottle in the book. back of the toilet. Yes. And not a theme, but like scenes from the book, like cardboard cutouts that you hand painted. <laughs> like, is, is that Starbuck handing me toilet paper? <laughs> like, that's, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Like music, kind of like, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, all the of music. the above. Oh, yeah, the music starts when you turn the light on. <laughs> or swashy, like, squishy sounds or distant background pirate singing or something. Or oh, just seagulls. Treasure Island, is it? <laughs> so good. It's so good. And especially if it's something that people know and something that you entirely make by hand. Way to make a toilet look like a crow's nest. Yes. <laughs> hard yes. I do suggest when you do that to paint, make a faux pattern on the seat and not actually make it out of wicker or something because, you know, yeah, it's not waterproof. <laughs> so I, I tend to look at Craigslist a lot, right, yeah. to see. Yeah, at this uh, I was in the boat section and... Uh, there happened to be this awesome boat that Captain Dan made, and he uh, he lives somewhere uh, off the in the Chesapeake Bay, right, or on the side of it. And it's awesome because he also included a couple pictures of his house, which was pirate themed, and he had a dock that was pirate themed dock on his little like uh, bay front house or riverfront. And then his boat, which was only like, it was like a 24-foot sailboat that he had chopped the top off and then recreated a pirate ship with masts and cannons and skeleton stuff, like skeleton oh, crew. Yeah, sure. and cannons that kind of work, like maybe they'd shot off like toys or t-shirts or something. I don't know. It looked awesome. But it was, he wanted 3500 bucks for it. And Mary was going out. I showed Mary and I was all excited about it. It doesn't seem that... that expensive 3500 for whatever reason well, seems it gets better right <laughs> and so i showed it to mary and i was like this is so awesome i mean imagine on the james river and it had a motor on it right like it sure. it had a it sails obviously wouldn't work but it had a motor and stuff but how awesome would it be for uh, on the james river uh, where Richmond is, which is kind of deep and flat at the bottom of it, and two guys fishing, and then you just hear this sound, like pirate sound, and you look over, and there's this pirate ship coming right at you, like yeah. right at you. <laughs> there's no there's defensive a... sailing when you're sailing. <laughs> you know, they have no idea <laughs> they will be taken by surprise, at least the first time. Uh, but it, to keep going with this, at the same time, that island was for sale in Richmond for like $30,000 or something. And it was an island. And every once in a while, it would submerge, you know, in a flood or something and yeah. flood or whatever. But uh, it had um, 
uh, revenue because there was a single billboard or something on it that generated revenue for the island. The problem with the island is there were there were, there were a bunch of squatters on the island, like a homeless encampment, mm-hmm. and that was part of the problem. And I, I think it was like maybe thirty or sixty thousand. I can't remember for this little island in the middle of the river. But I thought it would be a great idea to to make a deal and buy the island mm-hmm. and sail there, go over to the island and be like, okay, homeless dudes, here's the thing. You can stay forever. In fact, I will give you supplies to make a little kind of shanty town on the yeah. island. You and know, you'll order a pizza every once in a while. I will provide all kinds of food or cans of beans or whatever you want. But <laughs> the only deal... Because they're the only, bad guys from Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I just watched that. With, I just watched that movie with Mary. I was laughing to tears at that scene. It's good. It's really Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. He's a super good like, vagrant bad guy. He is so good. He is like that scene... Where Tennyson basically almost kills him like 50 times is hilarious. Uh, but anyway, my deal with the homeless population uh, on the island would be I will give you food and shelter. And the only thing is you have to wear these costumes on the island. You can do whatever you want. And they'd be pirate costumes. Right? Yes. And I would give them supplies like food and stuff, but it would be in the form of like a treasure chest, like a wooden chest. <laughs> and I would take it off the boat. So anybody on the shore of the river would see me pull up and like hand these Your pirate ship. Yeah, to a pirate island or whatever. And it really would it would be affordable and, and awesome. But anyway, <laughs> Mary did not like that idea. And yeah. she said so instead, I think with the boat, because I always have a motorcycle I rarely use, she's like, so instead of a small thing collecting dust, you'll have a giant thing collecting dust. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she went out of town, and I really was wondering if I could go to Newport News, where this was at, if three days is enough time for me to sail it around the bay. and then up, <laughs> To bring it back up, up the, the James. <laughs> and sail it up the James. And with then, all and your knowledge of sailing <laughs> well it didn't have sails so it would be a motorboat but I, I could see myself running out of gas or running into something I don't know or um, you no know, piracy is frowned upon these days before just to polish off this, this story is that guy so for $3,500 that somebody bought the boat and went off and then I noticed it came back on Craigslist for $6,000 and then went off and then came back on for $9,500. So people were flipping the pirate ship. And then years go by, and I see it again, another pirate ship. And I was like, I think that's Captain Dan. And then not a month ago, I saw a pirate ship for sale, or somebody sent it to me that I told the story to. Captain Dan had a 50-foot boat he turned into a pirate ship, and he was selling it for, like, 50 grand. So he's... He's like doing, he should have his own Discovery Channel show or like Pirate Boat Flip yep. or something because yep. he's worked That's, that's what he's up. doing, right? Yep. That's what all these people, they're just taking normal boats and adding a pirate like theme to them and then There's selling I mean, it higher. There's a lot of carpentry. There's a lot of carpentry involved, kind of, mostly. 
you know, it's but the zany version of a Ponzi scheme. You just got to gotta keep selling up. We just got to keep selling up. <laughs> but I guarantee Captain Dan's wife or ex-wife, ex-wife. you know, like, would be like time to cash out of the pirate game. Like <laughs> you flip two boats. You have $20,000 in the bank. Like this is time to walk away from the pirate thing. He's like, no. It's time to go <laughs> <Because> bigger. <laughs> but actually, you know, there's like a decommissioned like oil barge. He's like shoving up. This will be the biggest pirate ship ever. I can tell you what would be like a really awesome pirate ship or something to do uh, to piratize is the um, uh, the government auction site has a big place down in Florida, like an old army base or something. And they they were going for like six hundred to three thousand dollars the uh, the lifeboats that are carried on like the giant warships the carriers because they they hold up to forty five yeah. to sixty people or whatever mm. and they're completely enclosed and they have like a motor on the back so you can just head like in one direction uh, but they're massive they're massive. You could paint I, it like a whale. I looked at those. You sent me the the link to them. They looked awesome. My only complaint would be the air conditioning because I bet I bet they didn't have AC in those. No, they're just meant to survive, not to provide any sort of comfort. Yeah. And we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Mister Whiskers here. I have lots of things to be worried about. But thanks to my paranormal insurance policy from Dorfu.com, D-O-R-F-Y-O-U, I don't have to worry about goblins and ghosts in my walls. Get your policy at D-O-R-F-Y-O-U.com. That's D-O-R-F-Y-O-U.com. Mr. Whiskers. (laughs) Okay, that was cool. We're back. I got sucked into uh, the Mentos commercial. Oh, and by the way, so it was the the company. Um, I can't remember the Mentos. The Fresh Maker. The Mentos. The Fresh Maker guys, uh, which I think is Van Mel or something, owns them. But they went to an ad agency in Germany to mm. ask for help, and so that's a, a German. Help ad us! <laughs> help us! Yeah. Otto. Our Necco wafers are not selling. Okay, so that's oh, what I we know to talk America. Yeah, <laughs> I looked Americans. up. I looked up Necco wafers. Uh-huh. Tell us about Neccos. Okay, so here's something that was I found surprising. The original Necco flavors: lemon was yellow, green, of course, lime, orange was orange. You want to guess what purple was? It was like licorice? Lavender. Clove. Oh, oh that, that sounds good, but it wasn't. so much. You want to guess what the white flavor was? Cinnamon. Bold. Pink. Yeah, pink was wintergreen, black was licorice, and brown was chocolate. Um, and then a little bit of the history is they started in 1847 when Oliver Chase, an English immigrant, Invented the, a lozen cutting machine. No, he wasn't. He died, and his body turned into the first wafer. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, and it, it was used in the Civil War, and they were called hub wafers, and soldiers carried them around. And then they got popular, and a company picked them up, New England Confectionery Company, or NECO. And in 1912. Oh, that's why I saw it in New England. 
Right, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in 1912, they were advertised as Necos, and in World War II, all the soldiers got them, and that was, like, great for sales. And when the soldiers came back home, they continued their affinity for these hard, crusty wafers. And unfortunately, that was, that was I think, their height. And then by the time us three experienced them in the 80s and 90s, they were still the same flavors. They were the same texture, uh, yeah, and they were terrible. Like, how did you experience them? I have no memory of how they got inside of my mouth. I remember, like, like I never bought them. Was, no, Halloween, Seven Eleven had them. I remember. I seeing was thinking Halloween them. too, but who the hell gives Necco wafers did, away? I did Halloween? one year. <laughs> well, that yeah. Well, you did that. You did that on purpose. But they, for Halloween, you'd get the. You'd get the mini. You get the mini ones. Well, it's the same uh, Necco. It's a mini there. roll. Mini yeah, but roll. it's just like one of each flavor. I don't. Did mom uh, buy Necco mixed. wafers? No one I, bought Necco wafers. No, it's like those I've, I've eaten them. They just show up in your mail. I bet I've eaten four rolls of Necco wafers in my life. If you were in the trenches in World War One and you were <laughs> getting shot and gassed and stuff. The only thing, what are you, in your hand, that roll of Necco wafers is pretty awesome. <laughs> like, you have nothing else. And everyone's dying of the flu pandemic around you. You're in a muddy trench. You have whatever trench foot. The right, joke's on, on us, because when they come straight out of the oven, they're the best candy in the world. Their shelf <laughs> life is five seconds. There's an old German lady full of Necco wafers out of an oven, and it's like the most amazing food. And she's sitting there sobbing into her apron because no one eats them and they just don't know you don't give it a chance you've never had a fresh fruit the corporate (laughs) neko assholes took her recipe and then stuck them in the neko machine or that poor the guy invented the machine in 1847 right so he's been that machine's been stamping out nekos i think what could be happening also is that like Coming out of the Neko machine, the wafer maker or whatever that that was invented in the 1800s, they have to put like top quality chocolate and fresh limes and oranges. (laughs) (laughs) That's the byproduct is all the sweet and sugar and stuff that's like out on the side. (laughs) The only things that's left (laughs) is like the the carbon footprint of (laughs) of what Neko originated as. So you can't get the Neko as we remember them. Because um, I remember as a kid, if you dropped one, it would shatter. Yeah, it shatters. Yeah. It, not not anymore. Not anymore. So 2009. Did you read about it? Yeah, yeah. Here's the update. 2009, the company's been sold two or three times by now. But they decided that their candy tasted like shit. Like somebody woke up to this and they're like, uh, man, let's. <laughs> it's like it's been 120 years. It won't work. Let's change the formula. So they changed the formula. They added glycerin to make them softer. They they uh, they removed all the unnatural coloring and tried to do more like there's no artificial colors or flavors anymore. But in order to do that, they had to completely eliminate lime because there was no way the lime could be remade with an all-natural green coloring or flavor. Um and they changed the flavors, so the chocolate now has an all-cocoa flavor, whereas previously it was vanilla with a 
into <laughs> chocolate flavor. Previously, the chocolate was entirely like simulated through like uh, you know uh, suggestion. It was all power of suggestion. Uh, the, the Jackie Haig, the Neko's vice president of marketing, said that they switched to all natural flavors because they wanted to draw young mothers concerned about their children's diet. But they said the the cinnamon flavor is less like Red Hots and the new lemon is less like paper candy dots and more like lemon meringue. Hey, I just did some independent research. Are you right. ready? I have two mind-blowing things to tell you. All right, first thing, Tim just said it, but it didn't kick in. You've eaten more Neckos than... Four packs. I bet you've eaten like a hundred packs, because <laughs> the same machine that's making Neko wafers makes candy buttons, the little dots uh, on the paper. Uh, so better right. flavoring. But that's from Neko, the Northeastern Confectionery, whatever. I've eaten more Neko than I have dots. The paper dots, I feel like, or maybe I have it, but I got really excited when I'd eat them. And those also tasted like ass. Like, and obviously <laughs> yeah, they, they came from, a, a, obviously they came from a Neko factory, but there are just so many dots. And I'm looking at one right now. You get a strip of paper with all these, and the paper gets stuck on the dot. Like, you're not yeah. just eating the candy, you're Fiber. eating some paper too. Yeah. Which is probably toning down the Neko flavor of whatever <laughs> flavor was in it in the first place. So that's my revelation number one, which is just crazy. The same stuff or candy buns as Neko. Two, right now I can send each of you an original roll and a new roll of Neko. You can see if which one you like better. What do you mean original role? They they make them a pre two thousand nine role and a post two thousand. Oh, that's what I would I would try a post two thousand nine role. I mean, I haven't had got... them since they got them like wetter <laughs> or yep. whatever they did. And just so you know, because they probably the Seven Eleven may have some two thousand nine next. Got to check. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not from the Seven Eleven. No, they're not selling out, right? Like so, that could be they just fired. No, they just dust off the box. But you know how you recognize the old versus new Neko wafer. Okay, so there are two wrapper styles. One has little stars, like a blue stripe. It says Neko in the middle. They both say that. And it goes around the outside. One has little stars. And then another one says uh, 1847 on a blue bar. And there's only one blue bar and not a blue bar with stars on either side, on both sides. So which one's the new one? The new one says 1847. Ah. So if you see any echoes, grab them up because they're selling for like two bucks each on eBay. <laughs> Some nice. profit to be made. So we had a Riddler winner was JC from uh, Virginia. And the Riddler runner-up was Matt W., who got an insurance policy and a couple of stickers. So he was really excited well, was about the, it. What was the Riddler and what was the answer? So the Riddler was... In which episode what did the expression help probe me one cannoli, you're my lonely goat, first get used? And... Um, JC won that one, followed by Matt in Virginia in the incorrect answers, episode eight, Aliens episode. Yeah. The Matt second larger Riddler was whether or not someone could come up with a better joke that led to that punchline, which we received 
uh, a few hundred, but none of them were good enough to read on the air. So we're going to say no more get go. better than the one I came up with. Exactly. And so that well, that so I did get a joke from Dan and I said it's good enough for a sticker. OK, uh, Jay definitely needs to. I think he wins the Riddler. And then also dad came up with the joke for the Riddler, which uh -huh. Deserves a uh, tertiary what prize. What was so, that? You know, what's do you want to hear Dad's joke? It's so bad. What, Poor Dad. Uh, it was good. It said, so Princess Laidback is trapped on an Empire battleship being interrogated by a proctologist in a goat costume. The Italian proctologist whose name is Cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to keep going. <laughs> the end. And that totally wins, actually. Dad, dad there's a follow-up note. There's a follow-up note that says, mind probe being better than the other kind. Well, I, I said, was yeah, let, let it sit. I said, yes, let that sit in for a while. And then he said, we'll try not to dream about this. <laughs> that was our text conversation. <laughs> the next time dad comes over, I'm going to sneak uh, doorfew.com paranormal insurance stickers on, onto his truck. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell him about it. I'm just kidding. Just That's one. a surprise. <laughs> I have an idea for Riddler. All right. What's that? I don't. Well, in this beep. So you can edit if you need to. Okay. That helps a lot. But, well, yeah, that totally, yeah, that totally helps. Totally <laughs> I think in me and Nate's head, when Chris is editing this, he has he has these waveforms he's looking at. And when, oh, when he I sees do. a spike. I know he does. Like, I know oh, he there's does. Nate's beep. There's Nate's spike of a beep. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I know what you're or three in a row i can't see pitch i can only see volume and whenever you do the beep it's quieter than everything so it actually just disappears what everyone that sound is the sound that a riddler has happened uh so nate what's this week's riddler all right so this week's riddler is a little different it's our second riddler so no matter what it is it's going to be different but uh it's more it's almost like homework what we're going to require uh for this week's riddler uh is for our audience members to find and describe their either favorite or least favorite childhood candy. We've been talking about Necco wafers and spice drops. What do you remember as a kid of an oddity that was candy? Yeah, have you had it recently? Can you go to the store and buy it? Do they not make it anymore? Tell us in an audio clip. We'll, uh, we can disguise your voice if you're shy to put it on the recording, or we could just read it out. If you want to type it in an email form, it's fine. And uh, our email and address will read it in is... a Sean Connery voice. Yeah. 
So to send that to us, uh, write to wizard at dwarfu.com. W-I-Z-A-R-D, single wizard, wizard at dwarfu.com. And you'll win a fabulous paranormal prize. And if you really impress us, perhaps the ultimate prize, um, but perhaps not. You know what? Okay, is shaped like a peanut but doesn't taste like one are the what are circus the mars- peanuts. Circus peanuts. Circus peanuts. Well, I love a circus peanut. What do they I taste love like? them. It's like vanilla, but they taste like something else, which is you know not a real flavor. You know, I don't think circus peanuts taste like anything. I think Are things they? taste sometimes like circus peanuts. Yeah, like I'll be saying you. something, you're like, this kind of tastes like a circus peanut. Like, circus peanuts own the flavor that is the thing that they are. It's it's sugar with it's marshmallow. orange, orange color, and your brain makes makes your taste buds perceive a slight orange flavor, I think. So, well, it's this, like, when was the last time you saw a circus peanut? I, I don't think I've well, seen I see those. CVS, CVS, CVS. Like oh, yeah. in those, in the ones where it's like uh, two for whatever, the the yeah. store brand or whatever. It doesn't have to be CVS. It could be Kroger or Food Lion or something. I'm going to go get a bag of circus peanuts tomorrow. I see them. I see them all the time. The uh, I feel like every time I eat them, the first one, I'm like, wow, this is pretty terrible. And then I eat like six more no, for no he, good reason. We, okay. So the thing is you have to eat one to like prepare your palate for eating more. So the first cool. one always tastes bad. But after that, once you're ready, then it's good. Same thing with like candy corns and stuff. The first one, you're always like, eh, it's not very good. But after you like coat the palate with whatever juice comes out of those things it's like you're ready for more and so well i do like the you might also links at the bottom of this are all the other foods that we didn't talk about like french burnt peanuts i'm like oh god yeah like oh, those, those things. look gross were you remember them beans. as a kid yeah or the peach peachy o's the peach o's Oh, I, I don't mind those. Those aren't bad! Like, but that's what I'm saying about all candies. And I think this could be, what did you learn, right? Like, a lot of it, what did I learn? It's not now, but it's as a kid, I learned that any candy is better than no candy. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's probably true. And that's the lesson... Look at this. I kept That's going the lesson through the, of Necker wafers. Yeah, yeah. or it, of all candies, or hard candies, or spice drops at your grandparents. Look at the worst You one. and your spice drops. Spice drops are delicious. Yeah. You bath-mouthed them like five Disappointing. Yeah, okay, I like so I like spice think drops. About, think about having the clear ones. Think about having an orange slice. Or, you sure. know, the orange slice gelatin delicious. candy. Delicious. Yeah, they're so great. good. Aren't they? Have you ever had a cherry slice where it's the same thing but red? Yeah, they're yeah, good. They're Imagine like dots, the next like one even... is tastes like potpourri. Like, uh, so you have uh, each one lined up. You go orange, red. You're as a kid, you get all excited for the next one's purple. And you're like, that's going to be a great one. Nope, it tastes like potpourri. That's a spice drop. And it's not uh-huh. that it's bad because, as I said, any candy is better than no candy. But if you've tainted your palate with delicious orange and cherry flavored gumdrop things, like the potpourri flavored ones kind of suck. 
All right, a point in in favor of spice drops is that even as a kid, if I had one of those bags of spice drops from the gas station, I'd eat the bag. But as a kid, or as an adult, I've never finished a whole roll of Necco wafers in one sitting. No one has. <laughs> I think I've I, I think, I think I've could. gone through the Necco wafers. I did, and I've had a recent one. So with my job <clears throat> as traveling salesman, right? Uh, I drive a lot. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm sorry to interrupt, but have you ever in your life done this or had this done to you? You're just standing there and somebody reaches in their pocket and pulls out a half a roll of NECA wafers and says, Hey, you want a NECA? I have done that to at least 10 people. You want to gonna... pop a NECA? I've done that, but it's not bad. Like, so... What my trick to stay awake when I'm driving a long time, right? Like, say, I have to maybe I'm leaving from New York, Chris, yellow jackets and hot dogs. <sighs> no, that's not the well, hot dogs are good, but uh, what I usually do, my trick to driving through the night if I need to, is I get a bag of Reese's pieces, like a big one, you yeah. know, the one that's on the hook, not in the shelf, like a big yeah. bag of that. And I'll get a monster rehab or a soda or something. And is what I found is you can stay awake and alert driving as long as you're eating something. Gum doesn't work because your body reacts to that as saying this isn't real food. Yeah. But if you're eating, you can stay alert. So what I do is I take one Reese's at a time and see how long I can take to eat that one Reese's Pieces, right? <laughs> and then I reach slowly and get another one, and before you know it, one bag could last you three or four hours, and bam, and you know, you've listened to a bunch of podcasts. I feel like I've done that before. Everyone Maybe should do it. Suggestion. Also, do we need to do a commercial? I was thinking, what, like... I was trying to do a Minta commercial, but I... I couldn't do it. I could say I have the theme song up if you want me to sing it and replace the words. Yeah, uh, give that a shot. It doesn't matter what comes. Paranormal insurance goes better in life. With paranormal insurance fresh and full of life, nothing gets you to staying paranormal insurance and staying cool. With paranormal insurance, fresh and full of life. Fresh paranormal insurance goes better. Paranormal insurance fresh. <laughs> paranormal insurance goes better with paranormal insurance. Paranormal insurance and full of life. Dorfu.com. D O R F Y O U dot com. Those good. Dorfu is not responsible for the taste and flavor. Of paranormal insurance. Do it because that was too bad. You can't even. I was, what, we haven't ended one or two episodes like this in a while. Okay, uh, what did you learn, Nate? You already mentioned it before, but go ahead. What it reiterate what you learned today, Nate? I learned that any candy or candy is better than no candy at all. No, uh, hold on. I learned that bad candy or weird candy is better than no candy at all. I learned that there's still a team of people working to make Necco wafers taste better. <laughs> I learned after reading the Necco wafer Wikipedia page for a while that that team of people actually gave up 
and they went out of business for a while and they just picked back up and there's a big announcement in May of 2020 that NECA wafers are back on the shelf after a two-year absence. So they're waited for a global pandemic. They're like, now's the time. This is the only time to strike. Wait, <laughs> Everybody's they were home. gone for two years? Yeah. They were gone for two years. The poor bastards decided that they're going to start their business back up in March of 2020. <laughs> I would <laughs> say... I would say when hope is all but gone. Neko rises Neko. to the bottom. <laughs> rises to the bottom. <laughs> when you can't fall any lower, grab a Neko. <laughs> Neko sets the floor. <laughs> when you've got nowhere to go, grab a Neko.